Keller, how are you? Hey, 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 what's going on today, Garrett? Uh, you know, not much. I'm burning some Palo Santo. Did you uh, remember to charge your crystals during the full moon last night? Nah, man. The only crystals I'm interested in is diamonds. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Hey, you know, uh, like Marilyn says, diamonds are a girl's best friend. They're also forever, unlike Dogecoin and other crypto forms of cryptocurrency. But we're yeah. not getting into that today. There's no time for that. Nerd oh, show. man. How are you? How, how was your week? I'm good. I'm good. Had a very, uh, very nice weekend walking around downtown yesterday. Um, had some delicious lunch in Chinatown. Is every day Saturday in Brooklyn? Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, that's um, just kind of the vibe I get whenever I've you know, been there. It's just like, what do you people do? You know? Like, yeah, I know they're working from their phones or whatever. And, you know, this is the case pre-pandemic. It's like every day is fucking Saturday there. <laughs> and I, I kind of love that. But at the same time, it's like, just move to Portland already, if that's what you're after. You know, that's, I, that's I, can, I can deal with the I can deal with the Portland one. The one that I hate is when people are like, it's like the L.A. of New York. It's like, no, it's not. L.A. sucks. Ew, ew. Yeah. I mean, L.A. is fine if that's what you're after. But, like, in reality, it's, if you're not there for the weather, then why are you really there, you know? Like, <laughs> so you can wear joggers that, and a butt wipe tee. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like, that's cool. But other than that, there's great food in L.A., but there's great food, like, a billion other places, too. Um, yeah, you know, I've actually only ever driven through L.A., so I can't hate that hard. Um, Fair, yeah. you know, and it, it's it's got its you know redeeming qualities like any other terrible place. But at the same time, like, I don't think there's anything there that's like that great. But I also feel the same way about New York. So I really <laughs> don't have a dog True. in that fight. Um, True. You know, whatever. Whereas I'm well documented as saying New York is the only place that matters. Um, yeah, lo- love it or leave it, right? It's, the it's the really typical coast, coastal elite. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think we, we got a packed packed show today, you know. Yeah, man, my week was great. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> really, really did a lot this week. Got some good work done on some projects and played a lot of tennis. Got a little sunburn. But enough about me, man. I'll well, talk about actually, no, I do. Later. I I do want to talk about this. I, I was going to bring this up a little bit later, but you sent me a picture of a gorgeous jacket that you're working on. Is that for mm. a? private client that you got or yes that is a a private commission i've um i've been working on it for probably a little too long like i need (laughs) to stop stop dragging my feet and finish it but it's a really lovely black um calvary twill wool it's a little bit more on the substantial side but i'm doing this sort of like hybrid chore coat blazer totally unlined no structure to it just really letting the fabric talk and drape and it's uh, it's coming along really nicely and i'm looks great at the point where i'm re- thank you i'm at the point where i'm ready to be finished with it outside of that other things that happened this week to me there was one especially jarring thing that we spoke about briefly yesterday but i was driving in my car and you know i painted the picture for you i'm i'm in the car i got key glock is bumping through my AirPods and I'm just driving and I'm at a stoplight and I look over and there's a guy in a parking lot on his hands and he's just like painting the lines where the parking spaces. And it was just like so jarring to me to see this. Cause you know, like normally there's like a little machine that does it that like somebody operates or, you know, there's a way more efficient way to do that. And it's not it's like, like a guy. Yeah, it's not like painting the fucking Sistine Chapel where it's like requiring a guy and a paintbrush. It's like, dude, it's a parking lot to a pancake house in Myrtle Beach. Like, come on. And it was just him and it's a massive parking lot. Like, no telling how long he was out there, was going to be out there. I watched him. Like, I was staring at him at the stoplight for so long that I missed an entire, like, stoplight cycle. Unfortunately, there was, like, no one really on the road, so it didn't matter. But I was just like mesmerized by the fact like the whole concept that that's what he was doing with his day like his saturday yeah i mean and there was no one else helping him it was just him his truck was the only thing in the parking lot he had like the caution tape for the entrance you know so no one came in but i was just like 
I, it's such a silly trivial thing, but it just like blew my mind. Was he listening to music? I couldn't tell, you know, this was all like voiced over by a key Glock song. So it was like trap drums and like a guy rapping. I'm, like, <laughs> wa- I'm watching this happen. And it's like, it's just, there was a lot going on. And I was where trying were, to like, where get, were you headed? I was headed to the tennis court. I was trying to get in the mindset, like to focus and play tennis and, you know, get ready to do that. And this just like totally derailed me. I probably wasn't uh, going to, I wasn't going to play that well anyway, but that really kind of put the nail in the coffin for my play yesterday. Did it affect your serve? Um, It affected everything, Garrett. (laughs) Actually, I met you. So you told me that you were going to drive by and check up on his work. Did, how did, how did it end up? Was he still working when you, he was still there when I was on my way home and I haven't left the house since. So I'm eager to drive back by and see what, see how he did. Yeah. You need to uh, take some pictures for, for, you know, the listeners who really get a visual and also yeah. I, w- I would really like to see what this looks Part like. Part of me is hoping that it's just like absolutely terrible. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it because I mean, it's a person's livelihood uh, or at least a, you know, a solid little weekend side hustle, but I also hope it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would just really kind of make the whole, my whole fascination with it worthwhile. Yeah, like not only is it a man just, you know, single paintbrush, hands and knees, painting lines in a sidewalk, but he's also just like sloppy. Yeah, like every line is just like wavy and crooked. No, no two are parallel. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going back by there. I got to see what the fuck was going on. That reminds me of all the tryhards uh, at my high school um, who painted their parking space. It's like, why would you, who cares? Like, this is. (laughs) Yeah, so it's hard for me to relate to because I never drove in high school. I was restricted from having a driver's license. The, the, The deal was with my parents that if I could pass a drug test, I could get my driver's license. And that was their way of either like a cornering me into failing a drug test and busting me for something or B I would get clean long enough to pass a drug test and get my driver's license. Neither of those mm-hmm. things happened. I simply refused to take the drug test and got rides everywhere. So, That's wild. you know, I've been finding, I've been finding loopholes my whole life. Um, Just really working your way around. Thanks. Yeah. It's sort of one of the things I'm just really good at as you well know and if you if you know me and you you've probably seen me do it um but yeah you know i'm i'm excited to dive in to some of our subject matter today yeah so we're we're gonna be talking about music today um and i, I want to start if Keller, you don't like I, music get the fuck out if you don't like music you're probably a psychopath like you're you're probably a cop yeah or both I guess well, you know, the, the, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the center of that Venn diagram. Anyways, uh, go ahead. What you were saying? Uh, yeah. So how you know we, we both? Um, I, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but but we both play a lot of a lot of music. We listen to a lot of music, um, and I just want to how did, how did you start playing guitar? I know that's that's both of our one true loves when it comes to instruments. Yes. Yes. So I started playing music when I was. It's like in the second or third grade, my parents put all my brothers and I into piano lessons. And I was the brother that stuck with it the longest. And uh, at the same time, I also started playing the uh, clarinet in the school band. And my older brother played the saxophone. And we did lessons for that. And I was doing lessons for piano. And it was a lot of like theory and practice and theory and Mm -hmm. practice. And I was like, this isn't fun. I'm a kid. You know, I want to like do hood rat shit with my friends. And this is like the clarinet never got anybody laid, you know, like Kenny G didn't even play the clarinet. He played the goddamn tenor saxophone. So I'm like, what am I doing? You know, with this like stupid instrument, what Mm -hmm. gets bitches guitars do. And then I started playing guitar, still no bitches, you know, because it was the fourth grade. I'm I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. but I, I stopped taking piano lessons uh, like my freshman year of high school and mm-hmm. just started like mindlessly kind of like strumming a guitar that my parents got me for Christmas. 
and I knew like four chords and was just like, oh yeah, this is cool. And never took it that seriously until um, after I got out of rehab, I went to a boarding school to finish my senior year at an accelerated rate because I got pulled out of school. Mm-hmm. And it was like this whole, like my whole school, high school schedule was fucked up. So I had to do this in order to graduate on time. And my parents didn't want me to be home around all the people that I was, you know, getting into trouble with, doing mm-hmm. drugs with. Um, so one of the guys at my boarding school, uh, Mike, shout out to Mike, um, was, is a brilliant musician. Um, fantastic. Just one of those really naturally talented people. Mm-hmm. And he taught me a bunch of shit about the guitar. Cause I didn't have anything else to do. I was, you know, in boarding schools, you got, you just find ways to fill your time. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, um, our mutual friend, friend of the, uh, show, uh, Morgan, Lewis and I uh, went on tour and did a, a show in Chicago, which is where my friend Mike is from. And Mike actually pulled up to play a set with us. And he brought a guitar and a little drum box. And we just jammed for like an hour, hour and a half and went out and got food after. And I got to catch up. I hadn't seen him since boarding school. It had been like five years, five or six Damn. years. And um, I cold, cold texted the number I had for him. Didn't even know if it was still his number. It was him. He met us at the venue like an hour before we played. And it was awesome. Um, so shout out to Mike. That's great. But since then, I've continued to play guitar, and I still, you know, tickle the keys, tickle the little ivories every now and again. Um, you know, just when I get bored of playing the guitar, hit a wall. But it's something that I've always kept up with because I find that you know when I hit a wall creatively with design, specifically, I can you know walk away from sketching or sewing and pick up a guitar and it kind of clears my head out in a different way than like going for a run or going to hit some tennis balls would. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really nice, like additional creative outlet. That's not my main creative outlet, but almost just as, yeah, I feel that, you know, if not more. Yeah, honestly, like if I, if I didn't have that, I've already fucking shot myself publicly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that's essentially the the timeline and I don't ever, you know, it just gets worse. You know, I keep buying mm-hmm. gear and I keep buying shit and it's like, I don't get much better, but I feel better because I have all this gear. And I mean, bottom line is it gets more fun because of the gear and I have shit to mess yeah. around with. And that's the whole goal is to have fun. Um, what's your, what's your musical journey garrett did you were you a prodigy did you come out with like a bow and a violin like what's up (laughs) i wish um no it was i so i think i first started when i was started playing guitar when i was pretty young like i really i just it was something that i really wanted to do Mm -hmm. but it was also i think like too small at the time like i don't remember how old i was but i remember like even in like a three-quarter size guitar like i took a couple of lessons but i was really Mm -hmm. like i think the teacher just probably said to my parents like hey like come back in a few years uh, this man's a six. Um, I was just like too small yeah. to like hold even like a kid sized guitar. Um, but if, I guess like a few years later, I, I came back to it um, and just really, really loved it. I, I guess I kind of like took to it pretty naturally. And I think um, I, w- I was a pretty active kid. I uh, I did like a lot of skateboarding and stuff like that. Same. Yeah, um, we both come from uh, yeah. that kind of um, life threatening sport background yeah exactly not when when, yeah when i say active i was i have never never thrown a goddamn football um but yeah so i I started playing guitar because it was just i think like an activity to do um and my my parents were super supportive of it they were like really um i i grew up with them listening to like a lot of punk like a lot of green day a lot of like no effects the cure God, that's so wild to me my parents like i grew up on motown and beach music and then like johnny cash and waylon jennings and willie nelson and that yeah. was like that was my music as a kid for so long partially and yes i'm cutting you off um partially because my dad's dad my grandfather and his brother owned a nightclub here in myrtle beach called the beach club where they brought through like every major act of the late sixties, early seventies. So like 
the drifters, the platters. Um, I think that one of my favorite Bo like, Diddley recordings was done there. Have is I ever told you at the Beach yeah. Club in Myrtle yeah. Beach. Yeah, it's Bo Diddley's Beach Party, uh, nineteen yeah. like sixty-seven. I think um, it's on Spotify. It's fucking yeah. killer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so my dad is like a kid sitting in the rafters, like watching, you know, like fucking everybody who's anybody at that time and everybody like a lot of people still listen to now perform at this like dirty sandy floored little nightclub in Myrtle Beach and he actually bought his first car because he would wait until the night was over and everybody would leave and he would go and just pick up change off the floor of the beach club and like no people would lose like all this money like dollar bills change whatever and like a few summers of that my man bought a brand new like Volkswagen bug uh in like Hunter Green when he turned 16. So, Casual. you know, music has influenced my life in a plethora of ways. Um, but you used to work at a music store, did you not? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so I, I took guitar lessons, like, pretty consistently. I actually, like, my first real um, mentor um, is, uh, I guess, not, like, a founding member, but, like, ended up, like, playing with uh, Frankie Ballet in the Four Seasons. He's, like, um, which season you know, was he? Uh, Don, I don't know. He was, uh, I guess, you know, I, I feel like he kind of has Gemini energy. So maybe, maybe late spring, early summer. No, but um, he. Really uh, pandering to our astrology <laughs> people there, but yeah, go ahead. Man. Yeah, maybe not a good thing, but um, yeah. So he, yeah, it, it was like half guitar lesson, half just like listening to these insane stories of how like he actually wrote Oh, What a Night and like Frankie Valley and like Bob Gaudio stole. And like at the time I was just like, all right. Like, I really want to learn how to play this like, White Stripes song. Okay, Grandpa, um, let's get you to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he died a few years ago, but um, he, was, he was really, really great. And I eventually kind of, like, um, outgrew him. He was, like, a very successful musician, but not um, – I, I, it's, it's, I think it says a lot about my relationship with music. I was, like, very – starting to get into like theory when, when mm. I was in, in like middle and high school and he was kind of like, okay, it's, it's time to move along. But yeah. So I ended See, up, that was when I like, that's when I phased theory out of my music pursuits. Yeah. I, and I, I wish really I never theory. had. You, did you know I took uh, like AP music theory in high school? It was just like me and like the entire, like all these kids that played band who were like, who's this like kid, the jazz band and the orchestra kids. And you're like the normal kid who's in there. And it's like, Oh, yes, fuck. exactly. And the teacher of course liked me the best. Cause I didn't like, they all re- I remember they were like all trying to kiss his ass. Cause they wanted like a certain position in like marching band. And I just didn't care. I was like there to learn. <laughs> so yeah, they're all like um, theater kids who like grew up to mm-hmm. be like the worst people ever. And they all listen to like queen and, it, they're just like so nauseatingly insufferable. Thank you. Queen is music for theater geeks. Uh, cannot stand Queen. Absolute trash. Like shout but, out um, Freddie Mercury because he was a legend. And, you know, I think him as a person is fucking like as a concept, he's dope. Musically, <laughs> I do not care at all and would be so thrilled if I never heard any of it ever again. Same. It's uh, it's absolute trash, which... um. Yeah. So throughout that, you, you mentioned I did work at a music store. That was my my first job was working at um, Schumacher Music, RIP. Um, yeah, I worked. I basically I needed a job to pay for gas money. And so like the mm. day I turned 16, I, I basically just like walked into this place and I had just printed out a resume with like, what resume do you have? <laughs> There's just no, It probably was just my contact yeah. info, but it was like nicely designed. Because uh, I was it's like, hey, I'm a real person looking for a job. Yeah, and I had started kind of like dabbling in photography, so I was just like, I can do photography. So like, I handed the actually backstory. I, I kind of knew the guy who like took over this music store because I would go okay. and um, by school you had to get like volunteer hours, and I kind of worked yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, course. hey, can mm-hmm. I volunteer to work here? I'll just like change guitar strings and stuff when I was like 14 and 15. I got this job working for um, a music store doing product photography. And it, it was really, really dumb to let a 16 year old do product photography because I didn't understand lighting. Um, even dumber was that I was asked and tasked to put all this shit on eBay. 
and I didn't know what a minimum was. So I think probably one of the, one of the biggest um, the biggest mistakes I made. I don't know why I wasn't fired for this, uh, but I listed some like twelve hundred dollar acoustic guitar that was like vintage and really um, really expensive on eBay, and it just didn't get any bids probably because I didn't like name it right or whatever. So it sold for. Uh, I think like $200, $200. Yeah. $200. I don't know what, like, but I just remember like my boss coming in and being like frustrated and about to yell and then probably like looking at me and realizing like, Holy shit, this is just like a 16 year old kid. And you're took, a child. You are yeah, a he took, child. Yeah. He took mercy on me. But after that, I did not do, um, did not do eBay. I just was changing guitar strings, doing sales. Uh, really whatever needed to be done. Um, but I think one of the coolest parts was I spent some time, like, I don't know why I had like a bunch of different positions, but there was like, a, I guess we had a bunch of stuff to be repaired. Mm-hmm. And, and I know my way around like setting up a guitar, like repairing all that and stuff. So I would just go work in this, uh, this back room. That was like the repair room. And every Saturday, um, this, old old jamaican dude would come up and he was our amp tech he would come and like repair amps and stuff mm-hmm. turns out have you ever heard of king tubby legend yeah, of inventor course. of dub yeah uh, have i told you this story before no I don't think no, I have. No okay so this guy was king tubby's little brother no shit yeah and actually he also went by tubby there was tubby and king tubby he was 95 at the time he he was like Jesus. yeah so he was like 95 would drive this uh old beat up toyota pickup truck with four hundred thousand miles on it legend yeah and he would just like talk to me about like the sound clashes and just like how uh him and his brother like basically invented the subwoofer like they went to new york to go uh they got like training from rca to how to work on speakers but like instead what like they took out of that was like oh so i guess in the 50s um there was like a, a, a bass limiter because there was just like people thought bass sounds bad and tubby and king tubby said bass sounds good yeah <laughs> and they went back to no, jamaica bass bass, yeah. bass good bass good yeah and they just went back to jamaica and they like rewired all these speakers to like remove the limiters and hence dub and reggae were born well some of the first like you know overdrive settings and pedals for amplifiers back in the 50s and 60s were all treble boosters Mm -hmm. and that i mean uh, that kind of reinforces what you're saying about you know like nobody wanted bass everybody just wanted like treble boosted signals and you know it's like that just blows my mind that there was a world without you know more leveled out eqs and just like everybody was just like ear shattering treble in your face yeah. Ah, man, that's that's so wild to me. Yeah, so um, that's also wild that Tubby. This, this the homie was just like fixing amps at ninety five. Yeah, he was just he he lit. I think he literally just like didn't do much during the week. Like he was retired, he I mean, lived, so, living in you know. in Miami, and he'd drive up from Miami on Saturdays, get a couple hundred bucks <laughs> to like work on amps. That's incredible. Also, he would bring every day for lunch uh, just a bag of cinnamon raisin bagels from the grocery store and just eat them plain. Just like not sliced or anything, just like a whole bag. (laughs) Um, I bet he was sitting on so much money. Yeah, I don't know. He just like, he just ate nothing and was just like, yeah, I'll work on some amps. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he was like in the studio during like the legend recordings and stuff. Like he's very... um, yeah, super cool guy. I hope he's still alive. I don't know. Oz aren't great. If he was 95, uh, I mean, like, 15 years ago. The dudes like that just tend to live forever, though, you know? Yeah, just much like his Toyota. Like, yeah, exactly. They're a pure reflection of that mm-hmm. which they drive. Um, but I think the next step after, like, playing, you know, learning to play music and stuff is definitely playing in bands, which we've each had our fair share of. Yeah, we've done together. We have done together. That's the last time I played with other people, I think, which is kind of sad. That was like four years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. And, you know, admittedly, I don't get the opportunity to play 
with other people as you know often or ever and it just kind of sucks because that's when music is you know at its best i think we can agree on that um just like watching music when it's Mm -hmm. uh several people all playing music together is awesome like that's why i don't like to go to rap shows Mm. because it's like you know i i i listen to a lot of rap music but like rap shows are really you know boring because it's one guy and a microphone or unless you have like a, a duo like two guys and two microphones it's like okay well how interesting can we really make this you know it kind of falls flat and i've seen it done where like you know they bring in a band to do that and they the, the drummer has the you know the mpc but he's also got you know the drum kit and Pad, yeah. yeah and it's like all right like i can respect that but at the same time it's like it's still like it doesn't feel quite right mm-hmm. and it just like it's not one of those things that's really that like captivating now to be fair like there's an element of showmanship that is not around anymore when it comes to live shows and like i've heard my dad talk about all these shows that he's gone to like he's seen the stones a bunch of times and you know he's, he's seen a lot of people in his life um and like i've seen a fair amount of shows and like none of them really were like mind-blowing I, I saw kanye on the yeezus tour and that was pretty wild like there was a lot of like that's one of that's that might be my favorite album by him because it's just like weird it's his best record really, yeah it's it's not conventional and it he just did i feel like he really just did what he wanted and it sounded like that and there was no like you know he wasn't like jesus kanye and he wasn't like weird glasses Kanye he was like in that perfect spot where he had mm-hmm. you know just come off of recording like one of his most like legendary albums of Twisted Fantasy and it was just like the world was like really right for that to happen and that tour was like fucking incredible um just like it was a show it wasn't just like a like guy on stage with a microphone like there were actors that came in and like Jesus does come onto the stage and like is like beamed up in this like tube of white light like it was crazy mm-hmm. and like it just like you can tell he just like watched and went to like so many like prince shows mm-hmm. or like michael jackson or like you know people who actually like performed and like there were outfit changes and there were like all these things that would happen and like you know some of the best bands I've seen, it's just like they're on stage for an hour and a half or two hours. They play a bunch of songs and then they leave. And it's like, that's cool. Yeah. And, I like that, and that's usually what I'm there for. But like to see the other side of that was just like so dope too. Mm-hmm. So, Is that the best show you've been to? That's hard to say. Um, Jack what White. Is Jack White? Jack okay. White put on a fucking hell of a show, man. So he actually came on right after Kanye at Bonnaroo. And... Kanye came on late because I think whoever performed before him was running late. So Kanye didn't cut his set short. He just played through until, and he, he didn't finish until like one thirty or two in the morning. And so that puts Jack White on stage at like two thirty. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when Jack White finished his set, the sun was coming up. So it was like this really magical moment of all these like mm-hmm. disgusting people who are smelly and gross outside in a field in Tennessee fucked up on drugs. I'm a, I might be the only sober person for like miles <laughs> and like the sun is coming up and like Jack White and his band are finishing their set. And it was just like, it was one of those moments where it was just awesome. You know, yeah. it's a crowd of like 30,000 people just all in that moment together. And it was, it was, it was, sick Um, i'm also a huge like jack white fan as a person i think he's super interesting uh just very weird and uh got the opportunity to kind of chop it up with him for a second because he came to alabama for billy reed's shindig and played a show he played a show for like 300 people there and so i got i went from seeing him in like a crowd of thirty thousand to 300 and it was one of those shows where like you you get to the the door of the venue and you have to put your cell phone in this little like neoprene sleeve that like magnet mm-hmm. locks shut and you can't open it until like you go back out the door and there's someone there to open it for you. So it's just like you're in it and 
you're just like totally there for the music. And it was just, it was fucked up. It was, so I've seen him in like two very different settings, both of them awesome. And that says a lot if I can enjoy you in both of those like kinds of settings. Yeah, that's super cool. I feel like my best show is kind of a tie between, I really, really liked the, I saw Beach Fossils in 2019 Ooh. on their annual NYC Halloween show. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, which was, it was in this really weird venue that existed for less than a year. It was like a small, like underground venue next door to where the Blue Men Group play <laughs> every single night. Yo, so shout like, out, shout out the Blue Men Group. <laughs> I know um, that one, and then I saw Faye Webster um, in twenty. I guess also twenty nineteen. Fantastic! What a great year for music. Yeah, that was a great year for music. Great great um, year for touring musicians. I don't know how much great music came out in 2019, but great year for touring musicians. Mm-hmm. More good music than came out last year. It was like nothing. I guess the Soccer Mommy record. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The Lamelda record. Uh, I don't know if you, you listened to that one at all. Mm-mm. I did take a deep dive into uh, Big Thief this past week. Mm. and um, Nice. Welcome to the club. I, I, yeah, I listened to a, a podcast with um, Buck, their guitarist, and um, I, I listened to his new solo record and then kind of went backtracked through Big Thieves' discography, and I was like, you know, this makes sense. I, I've listened to some Soccer Mommy, I've listened to some Bright Eyes, and now I've arrived back at Big Thief, and, you know, I've just kind of come around this, like, little loop, and it all they all kind of talk to each other and make sense, and... Mm-hmm. It just, um, I was almost upset with myself for not having listened to much of it before because it's like so close to a bunch of other shit that I've listened to and that probably like you've put me onto that like I just kind of, they, they slipped through the cracks. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they slipped through the cracks. I feel like I got really into Big Thief around the time that we were living together because I feel like I, they, they came out with, um, I forget what it's called, whatever record has Paul, like, right around the mm-hmm. time that we were moving yeah. in together. I was really into, really into that record. They're, yeah, they're great. I heard that they're phenomenal. Her voice live. is just, her voice is just brilliant. Like it's yeah. so different, but also just like listenable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's just so nice to listen to. Did you listen to Adrienne's solo record that just came out? Yes, I did. Yeah. Wait, also, did you know her and Buck Meek have a record together? Just the two of them? You yeah, really so like, like after, after I listened to, buck's newest solo record it did like you know spotify does like the radio thing and like one of their songs together came on and i was like this is really good and i I remember Mm -hmm. saving it um so i could go back and listen to that full record you know at some point in the near future because i really like the sound it's like so like so many different things it feels very like desert like rock but also like texas twang and like Delta blues, but just like mm-hmm. also like emo kid. Like there's like, it's all these, like it's hitting all these different things for me that are all very like closely intertwined with who I am as a person. So um, yeah, I, I really ended up enjoying that. Um, it was mostly all within the past week too. Um, what do you, what have you found yourself like listening to a lot lately? Um, I've been listening to a lot of Fela Kuti a lot of Afrobeat. Um, but I think like as far as newer stuff goes, let me let me pull up the old the old Spotify. I don't feel like yeah, I've listened to Yeah. What's in that recently listened little section there? Um, okay, Daily Mix Two, which is not that much new stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's almost all like Afrobeat and then like Coke Toe Twins. <laughs> um, oh, okay. What are they yeah. saying? What are they saying? Have another show for yourself. Well, that's beautiful, man. Thanks. There's a there's a school there's a private school down the street from us called Berkeley Carroll. And mm-hmm. one time as a joke, I like turned to Anna and said, Heaven or Berkeley Carroll, but like singing it like Coxo twins. <laughs> and um, it's been every time we pass the school, it, it kinda it comes out. Just one of those things that sticks, right? 
Yeah, it really did stick. It's very funny. The phrasing is perfect. Um, yeah, just one of those. It just works, you know? You don't fight it. It just works. Yeah, I don't know the last time I've heard new music that I liked, actually. Um, let me... It's It's yeah. been a while. Um, it's been a while. Because, yeah, I, I, like you, like to go back and, you know, listen to all of the same shit that I've been listening to for the past, like, 10 years because I like it and, that, mm-hmm. and it makes me happy and I don't like change. Um, but I, that does not, that doesn't mean I try or I don't try, you know, to go out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, S- Slow Tie, British rapper Slow Tie uh, came out with, like, a short I think it's like a four or five song LP and you know, the first track has Skepta and the second one, um, ASAP Rocky and like, it's, it's interesting, but it's like, it's still very like mid just kind of, I could go either way on it. So that was just like, that's just become my new norm for music. It's just yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. And that's <laughs> fine. You know, it's, but I mean, I've been listening to like yesterday. The weather was really nice, so I put on like a Jimmy Buffett. No, no, that's another friend of ours. Um, I put on it's like a southern hip hop playlist. It's like a lot of UGK and Pimp C, mm-hmm. Outkast, and you know, just things like that. A lot of like Paul Wall and Mike Jones and some Thug and you know, Bun B. Shut up, Bun B. So it's like, you know, I, I get that way when the weather's nice because, like, I can throw on, like, Killer Cam or Jules Santana and the sun's out and it's warm and I roll the windows down and I feel better. And, like, that's – I mean, it's just, like, so based on what my mood is because the last, like, three weeks have been, like, really gray and rainy here. So naturally it's been, like, the National and the Smiths mm-hmm. and, you know, or just, like, ambient – bullshit like i just like throw on apex twin because i'm like doing laundry and it's just like easy to throw on and it's like not even i don't even know if i like it i just throw it on yeah and Wait, it's there I don't, get, I don't get apex twin why do people like them so much like i feel like i need someone to explain to me because I, I mean i don't i yeah i don't get it um i've thrown it on a handful of times and it's like it's listenable you know it's like it's it kind of fades in the background and it's like it's decent but the hype around it is just like i i don't understand it like i'm not gonna like go rant and rave and tell everybody how great apex twin is and try to go find a like 350 dollars vintage apex twin t-shirt because i love them so much i just like it's like it's something to throw on like it's the people that hype it up so much that i'm like this is fake like no this that Mm -hmm. you don't really feel that way it's the same with like daft punk honestly like yes everyone's like uh, like bummed out and like yeah like it'd be cool if they could make some more music because I think what they've done for music is interesting and cool. But at the same time, it's like they haven't done their job for like eight years. And then they announced that they quit like aspirational as that is like, I don't know why everybody's, you know, bummed out. It's like, okay, like, thanks guys. Like salute. Let's keep (laughs) no one died. Like there's all this like posting on, like, I know you and I have this, like, we share this emotion, but, like, everyone's, like, posting shit. It's, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's like somebody died. No one died. Like, they're still here. They're just, they took the mask off, and they're hanging out. You know, they're probably in, like, Palm Springs with a Mai Tai sitting by a pool. Like, damn, we have so much money. What do we do? No, they're in cons. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're, they're um, a little, they have a little bit more taste than that, you know. Yeah, do you think they you know, still wear the. Uh, do you think they still wear the sequined suits with no mask? <laughs> on the beach. that could be the giveaway. That's how we figure them out. Yeah, I, I just really I don't I don't get them. Okay, again, like I understand why it was important, but yeah, it's like the contribution get, I get. Yeah, if you're gonna say get lucky changed your life, like you might need to reevaluate. You have a lot of things to reevaluate, motherfucker. Yeah, some bleep bloop shit. But, you know, they have, I really like their, <laughs> I, <laughs> I do really like the first record. 
was it? Or maybe it's not their first record, but it's, what it's an incredibly Robert. Garrett thing to say. I really like yeah. their first record. No, like their, their early, first record like their was early great. Stuff. Yeah, their early stuff was awesome. I was listening to that when I was, you know, like I remember having my diaper changed, and I, I look <laughs> over to my mother and I say, "Can you put on the first Aphex Twin compilation demo that they submitted for the record label?" Yeah, you know, it's a pretty I, accurate I'm, rest. <laughs> I'm I'm with you though, and you know we we've agreed on a lot of things today, but I think it's important for everyone out there, all like eight of you who are listening, um, that Garrett and I disagree on a lot musically, mm-hmm. like a, like a lot. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I hope this it doesn't come off as me like outing you, but Keller loves Drake and the weekend. Un- okay. Unironically. Okay. Um, the weekend yeah, I will. I will absolutely throw my hands up in the air and say yes, absolutely because it's. I just like it, man. I I know it's not great, and I like that he. You know, they flipped around some beach house samples, and you know, I it. It's nice to put on, you know, when I'm like, you know, like the blue lights are on. I'm I'm looking kind of sexy in the shadows, and you know, I throw some Abel on, and I feel good. You know, I feel good. Do, about do you feel it coming? Uh, I feel it coming. Um, wow, way to bring that all together. Well done. Um, but you know, as for as for Drake, um, I don't know who that is. I don't know what you like. Is that Drake. A, is that an is that a band? Is that an art? How many members? Yeah. Okay. So um, you probably heard, so uh, Nick Drake, aka Drake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you put He's it like English. that, I, I understand yeah. now. Nick Cage, singer-songwriter, yeah. Um, yeah, best known seems... for his acoustic guitar-based songs. Yeah, the interesting yeah. thing about Nick Drake is he actually failed to find a wide audience during his lifetime, but gradually his work has achieved a lot of wider recognition. It has. Great crooning voice. Mm-hmm. Really there would that. be no James Blake without Nick Drake. Put that in a rap and smoke it, Drake. Um but another thing that we often disagree on is Mac Miller. Oh my God. You're going to make me insult a dead guy on record. Dude, I would insult you if you were dead. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I don't get it. Mac Miller is absolutely, I don't want to be too harsh, but it's so bad. Be, be harsh, bro. Like, say what you got to say. It's, live your truth, man. It's really bad. I think that people look back more fondly on his work because he tra- died tragically um fair and as, really as is the case with a lot of you know artists yeah um, i think i think he had a really really tragic life and my critique is is not on any of that um of course not it's about the music which you just like don't seem to be able to you know understand and i feel bad for you having such a smooth brain like i'm sure it looks nice when they take it out of your skull but that's fine and what I will say, I will agree that the earlier records that I first started listening to when I was in high school um, are not—they're not masterpieces of music by any stretch. And they like even now when I like I listen back sometimes, and it's like, yeah, this isn't good. I don't even really want to listen to this for the most part. But um, his record, "The Divine Feminine," is. I think a really beautiful body of work and maybe worth a re-listen if I were you, if not, I'll, you know, go fuck myself and be on my merry way. Swimming the album he released, you know, shortly before he died is really exceptional. Um, Like if you were to strip vocals out of that album and just take production notes, it's like, it's really, really something special. And it's just, well, I think it took him a while to hit this sort of stride and realizing like he doesn't want to make frat boy rap music. Like he's not destined for the same path as like Asher Roth, who teaches like English at a high school now, which I think is amazing. Wait, um, did you see Asher Roth came out with like a new record that is like supposed to be like a feminist jam, but it's people are like, dude, you basically rapped about date rape for a while. Yeah. Um, but but anyways, my, I think you you make a good you make a good a good point. It, you say Mac Miller is is good if you take out the lyrics, and I think that's always the problem. It's just corny. It's like, you know what? Like I'm gonna smile. Like watch me shine. Like enjoy your life. I'm just trying to dream. Like it's like, 
I think well, that's Garrett, my issue. There's a lot of people out there that need that. We probably need it and we just reject it. And that's why we're funny. But, you know, it's like, I get that it's not for everyone, especially like lyrical, like focusing solely on the lyrical content. Like it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you and I both tend to lean towards like, you know, more depressing music and, you know, that's fine. Um, yeah. I do try to like give, like, like grind a little bit of salt of positivity over the depressing salad that is my music taste. Um, but like, I don't know. I think music and obviously like he and I, like I, I identify with his story, you know, and mm-hmm. how hard it is to, you know, struggle with addiction and alcoholism. And when especially got, in the public like, eye. Yeah. Like I obviously didn't have that element of it and I can only imagine how much harder that makes your life just in general, especially when you're trying to deal with, you know, substance abuse issues and alcoholism issues and you have a very mm-hmm. public breakup with someone you probably thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with and like yeah he's no also like, like a superstar yeah and like yeah no wonder the dude's life fucking like spiraled out of control like mm-hmm. yeah no it's, it is no wonder um well and all the people that were taking advantage of him too that were like around him is yeah it's absolutely. so tragic yeah none of i i recognize all of that and um I solely, but I think I think yeah. that's why the last album is so good because there was so much hurt. Like, there is just like pain makes the best music. We all know mm-hmm. this. Like, go listen to fucking Continuum by John Mayer. That's a that's a record that was born out of fucking pain, misery, and heartache, and it is such a fucking slap. Sorrow found me when I was young. Oh, yeah, that's good shit right there, man. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of. Uh, John Mayer, I think, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so he's this white dude. Uh, Uh, I'm already out of it. I'm off. Sorry. I'll pass. Yeah. So this is one of the things that we, we very much agree on is um, an unwavering admiration of Mr. John Mayer. You know, there's not a lot of people that feel that way. We live in an echo chamber, Garrett. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what that is. I can mansplain it to you later. (laughs) <laughs> but um, we live in an echo chamber of, you know, John Mayer stands. And a lot of people do not feel that way. They don't see him that way. They don't, well, you know, a lot of these little bird brain motherfuckers don't understand what it takes to actually, you know, write music and not just write a song, but to also write the music and, you know, do everything that goes into writing a fucking masterpiece of an album. And I'm not mad at John Mayer for making a lot of music that I hate. Mm-hmm. because the guy was just able to do all of that and make all this money. And now he can just do whatever the fuck he wants and make whatever the fuck he wants and go on tour with the grateful dead who he's idolized since he was a kid. Like he did all that so that he could do what he wanted and cash a bunch of fucking checks along the way. I'm not mad at that. The dude's also an insane musician. He's like one of the most brilliantly yeah. talented musicians alive. Probably the most talented guitarist, living guitarist. Uh and that's hotly debated, but like I have yet to find an example that's like technically as skilled, like unique and listenable. Like we talked about this before, like metal guitarists, like that shit is so impressive. Like a really good like metal guitarist, like technically that shit is amazing. And like there's like no one on the planet who can do it, but I don't want to listen to it. It's right. really hard to listen to, especially as, you know, I get older and more gray hairs pop up. Like, I don't want to be yelled at and screamed at anymore. I've had, an, I've had enough of that in my life. Yeah, me too. Although there was a time and a place for Attack Attack. Absolutely, man. I've jumped through windows to fucking screamo and, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was also on a lot of cocaine, but, you know, they go oh. hand in hand. But yeah, I, I mean, like <laughs> no, what, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, technicalities. But yeah, yeah, semantics, semantics. But um, yeah, it was weird because I think John Mayer really influenced me wh- when I, um, when I first started recording with with uh, the band I was in for a few years. Uh, Maddie, shout Swin. out Maddie Swin. Yeah, yeah, that was a. Maybe I'll maybe I'll enter in the podcast with with uh, some Maddie's twin since I have the yeah. Rest. That's uh, what <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like, it was weird because we were in the middle of, of recording 
this um, really like just this emo record. And I was also very into John Mayer. Um, so I was like kind of really trying to put in these John Mayer tribute solos. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was so like, it was so all over the place and, and only a way that like wouldn't like, it somehow seemed to make sense i think just because all of mm-hmm. us didn't really care like our drummer was really into jazz fusion so there was like jazz fusion drum solos also in emo songs but um yeah it's it's funny to, to look back and and kind of see all those all those come together but yeah when i mean when you first start playing music you just try to play like your favorite musician you know whatever instrument you play like you have your favorites and you try to play like them and then you start to realize you have a lot of favorites and you kind of like bring all of them into your brain and then they just all kind of mix together and that's what you sound like Mm -hmm. yeah so now i i i feel like i've really kind of as far as playing music goes i've gone pretty far away from john mayer i actually i don't i don't know the last time Oh, I guess I think the last time I plugged in an electric guitar was to record the song that um, is usually our intro music um, that I did last year. Mm -hmm. But as my solo project, uh, you know, I never actually, I'm just remembering now, I had like some demo tapes that were slated to come out um yeah summer. you said you sent them to me i listened i gave notes and then nothing ever came of it i yeah i figured it was because of my harsh criticism and i have a i know i have a very strong effect on you uh, my words yeah um, well no it was just bad bad no, timing yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i still yeah i still should put this out i have everything done they're all mastered they're all yeah get on it man i don't know well i i mean i can i can agree with you on like my playing style has definitely evolved and you know I've started to realize my sound that I'm going Mm -hmm. for somewhere in my brain comes from a lot of other places other than this like nice like John Mayer sounding guitar because like most of what I listen to is like blues like Delta blues and yeah you know there's like there's some like early like Jimmy in there like a lot of people don't listen to Jimmy for like his like blues records they listen to you know Purple Haze and Red House and The Wind Cries Mary. And those are all really nice songs. And like Jimmy was a freak, like no one could do what he did. Like it was just like unreal. And it made a lot of people uncomfortable. And, but when he started, it was just like blues. Like he was playing a lot of like 12 bar blues and like he was very, very much influenced by that and played a lot of that. And like, but he did it in a way that he was still Jimmy and it was just so fucking good. And, you know, that's as like late as I'll go. Like, to like Jimmy and Stevie Ray, but like there's a lot of other music that influences me. A lot of it comes from like the country that I listened to growing up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm born and raised in South Carolina. You're bound to listen to country music at some point. Fortunately, I was just, you know, around good country music, like real like singer, songwriter, country music. You know, Bob Dylan's and shit like that. And Bob's not country. He's like more folk, I guess. But like yeah. all of that, all of that is like country to me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, no. Like the more, cause I think country music, uh, which, which has certainly lost its way is Absolutely. at its core about telling a story. And that story used to be about, I think like we said earlier, the best music comes from heartbreak. It used to be about, you know, getting your heart broken, you know, I'm so lonely. I could cry. Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Like th- that's a banger. Mm-hmm. I see this. I see the sparkle in your eyes, yeah. uh, or no, I see the want to want in your to. eyes. Yeah, sparkling little diamond on your hand. Okay. Um, Clear to see that you've already got a man, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway. I see the sparkling little diamond on your hand. It's plain to see that you. Already got a man. And I can tell you not. Yeah, but like, you know, there's so many things that influence how a person sounds when they play an instrument. And, you know, like, I feel like both of us, as people who play music, it's, it's interesting to listen to people play and kind of trace back what influenced them who they listened to who they tried to play like and how they ended up where they are yeah it's um 
it's one of the coolest parts of music is that's why you know there's only like 12 uh 12 notes in existence in music there's you know Mm -hmm. sharps and flats and all, all that um aside and yet there's always new music and it always sounds different there's so many variables it's it's pretty amazing yeah just like the way music has evolved is so crazy and how radically different it is just from like a production standpoint and the way it gets played and you know like technology and like there's so many things that can influence it that it's just going to be changing forever and like it's an exciting thing it's just you you get to a point where you're like how much do i how how much is it worth it to like keep up with all this like Mm -hmm. when am i going to dig my heels in and be like this is where i'm stopping and i'm only going backwards from here and that's why every day i say thank you to pitchfork.com you should not do that (laughs) you should not you should not thank them or give them money Um, i read them actually more than i care to admit that is troubling and we'll have to unpack that at a later date um but yeah, I mean, speaking of like music and evolution, like I used to listen to a lot of terrible music in my life that like, not even like the good kind of terrible music, like it was just objectively bad. And now I think I'm like evolved and better, but you know, Spotify outs me every year on my year's wrap up of music. Like, it's just like, it really shows me how much like future and Travis Scott I listen to alongside like the national and the Smiths and Kanye. And it's like, I think I'm a lot better than I actually am. Cause I, I just like, I'm not better than I am. I'm just bad. I just listen to bad music. I'm a bad person with bad taste who listens to bad music. And the, the, the sooner I accept that, the more at peace I'll be. What color on that bombshell? I feel like we should wrap up by telling Telling the listeners, what's one record that they should listen to today? Oh, God. Um, That's a tough question. I know I'm putting you on the spot. You are. You are putting me on the spot. Um, Man, that's an excellent question. And they're like, this sucks because like eight just came to mind. And now there's like more popping into my head. And I just like, you know what? Go listen to High Violet by The National. And mm-hmm. pre- first track, Terrible Love, press start, turn off shuffle, and just listen all the way through. And that is an experience that I wish I would pay money to live through again. To listen to that record for the first time. I would give just about anything to do that. Mm. I feel like I feel the same way. I was going to say... The Smiths, The Queen is Dead, but when you put it that way, this is might be shocking to you. I feel like, I, I don't know the last time I've done this myself, but um, Transatlanticism, the 2003 masterwork by Death Cat for Cutie. You still have the cassette tape of that record. I have somewhere. the cassette tape, and somewhere I also have the CD that I got in, in 2003 or 2004 from FYE. Wow. And I just got it because I liked the album cover, and I was like, hmm. It's a great <laughs> album cover. It's a great yeah. album cover. I remember putting on my little red boom box in my childhood bedroom and just like hitting play. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. Man. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could list off a bunch of other records too, but like if there's one you're going to listen to today or tomorrow or whenever that you have time to just like turn the Sonos on, put your AirPods in, whatever, and just like listen to it. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, put those AirPod Pros on noise cancellation and absolutely blast High Violet. Or um, I will say I will follow up that um, with two honorable mentions. The first of which you put me onto Depression Cherry, Beach House. Mm-hmm. Rip the fucking knob off of your stereo. Turn that up. Get like just drowned out in all that reverb because it's just you, you need that in your life. Um, and I don't care who you are. Um, and the other honorable mention is a classic, classic banger from 2005. And it's called I'm Wide Awake. It's Morning by <laughs> Bright Eyes. And that is just, that's a transcendent experience. That's a great one to end on. 
That is that is another great record. I forgot about that. Also, the I'm going to send you a video of. Have you seen him playing it live on like the, I forget what late night show? But they just are like smashing every instrument. No, I need to see that. Oh, you're gonna love it. It's it's phenomenal. Oh, well, yeah. Keller, it's a pleasure as always. We got a packed packed schedule next week. We'll have our our first guest joining us. More um, on that later, though. Yeah, more on that later. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I am too. I think it'll be fun. Interesting. Looking forward to it. A shadowy figure. Yeah, something like that. You know, shrouded in mystery. <laughs> we don't even know this person's name. I guess we're in the same boat as you all right now. Yeah, we're all in this together, guys. So, um, it's a lot to look forward to. Well, on that, Keller, talk to you later, man. Hey, Enjoy your summer. Right. Yep. All right, baby G. I'll talk to you soon. My bitch to choose it, lover, never fuck without a rubber Never in the seats like it on top of the cover Money on the dresser, drive a compressor Top notch hoes get the most, not the lesser Trash like the fuck for $40 in the club Fuck it up the game, bitch, it gets no love